listen, I am so excited about today's topic. Of course, it was my idea. So that's how I got super excited. All right, listeners, today our topic is our obsession with succession. This is a TV show. It's an HBO show. And it has just started its third season. Maybe, I think there's five episodes that have aired so far. Okay, for those of you who are not Succession fans yet, the storyline is there is a media mogul named Logan Roy, who I guess is Scottish. And I think he must be modeled a little bit on, um, what's his name, Fox's? Murdoch. Uh, yes, he seems like a cross between R Rupert Murdoch and maybe, who started CNN? Mm. Ted Turner. Yeah. Although this guy, I mean, his personality definitely seems a lot like um, the Fox guy. And so he's a media mogul and his company, they own TV stations and radio and newspapers. And also they own cruises and amusement parks and maybe something else. Okay. So he's got four adult children, three sons one daughter. His oldest son, I think, came from a different mother than the other three, from what I can tell. Connor. And Connor is the oldest and kind of the goofiest and, and has seems to have his own thing going, not that closely involved in the business. Um, then there's Kendall, who is sort of the heir apparent to take over from his dad. Then there's Siobhan, who I think might, I think she must be around. She's after Kendall. She's the only girl uh, adult at this point. And then the, I think the youngest, I think Roman must be the youngest because he's a complete bone. I mean, head. he's just like really silly and crazy and kind of pervy a little bit. Yeah. So, right. So I think that's the birth order. Um, Logan's divorced from, I guess, his second wife who lives in Paris, from what I can tell, the mother of the, the other three, the three kids. And um, he's remarried to Marsha. Marsha is Lebanese slash French. I guess she's from Lebanon and she yeah. ended up in Paris. And maybe that's where Logan met her. And let's see, the company is really big. It is a publicly traded company, but the family has ownership, has control over the stock. Okay, so in season one, episode one, it's Logan's 80th birthday and they're gonna have a big family party. And it seems that he's getting ready to retire and that Kendall is his heir apparent. Kendall is totally psyched that it's finally, he's gonna get to run the company and um, Kendall's actually also in the middle of trying to close some deal during this, this whole first day. So on the first day, what happens is the father abruptly just changes his mind and says, yep, I'm gonna stay on. Kendall, sorry, I'm gonna be, I'm not quite ready to give up the reins. I'll be going another maybe five years you know, to age 85. And Kendall's completely gobsmacked. 
Oh, and the dad also wants the adult children to sign some papers that will put Marsha on the trust, which I guess turns out to be that she would actually have two board seats. So there's this sort of drama going on. And um, then <laughs> later in the day, the dad has a stroke when they're coming back from someplace on um, helicopters, two helicopters. And so the helicopter there and diverts to um, New York Presbyterian Church, I mean, not church, <laughs> hospital. And it turns out he's had a hemorrhagic stroke. And actually there is not anything particularly they can do except wait for him to get together, get better. So that's the opening. And then the rest of the series is still about who's gonna take over after dad, when dad retires, if he ever will retire. Um, so I don't know if, how it will all turn out, but there's already been many plot twists and turns. And so at any rate, uh, season three, which just got underway recently, that kind of inspired me. I went back and I rewatched bits and pieces. I had watched bits and pieces of season two. So I watched all of season two and now I'm reviewing season one, which I never actually watched when it was first out. And um, I think I'm almost up to date on season three. First of all, I think it's weird to watch the series out of order, but <laughs> um, whatever, well, do your thing. I, you know, it is a little bit, but I wanted to prepare for season three. So that's why I backed up and watched all of season two, which I'd seen intermittently. And then I realized in watching season one, I saw bits and pieces of that also. So yeah, I'm reordering it all in my mind. Um, actually, it's kind of fun to go back and see season one because right now, because one thing I noticed is that in season one, nobody looks as good as they look in season three. By season three, everybody's got better haircuts, much better makeup. Really? I, yes, yes. For example, okay, so Siobhan, the daughter, she's got beautiful red hair or strawberry blonde, I guess. In season one, she's got kind of long, gnarly hair. And you're thinking somebody that rich should have a better haircut. But by the time season three rolls around, it looks fabulous. It's kind of like a swingy bob cut and she looks so much better. Okay, then there's this gal named Carolina. I think she's the investor relations gal. She's a blonde in the open season, first season. And by season three, she's dark haired and has a side part, looks a million times better. Yeah. So I don't know if they just got more money and had a better makeup artist or what. Maybe, yeah, maybe they had so much success, haha, in succession that they were able to, um, they spruced everybody up. Yeah. But they're an extremely um, damaged family. Like there's nothing right about them. Um, yeah. Uh, yep. Connor, Connor's mom is someone else, Some yeah, someone else that he had a, whatever. A, wife uh, number wife. one, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wants to be part of it. So he kind of, skips over and asks like if he can do something something and they're always like no you can't he, <laughs> yeah he's such a um he's such a, a loser i guess that he had to get um an escort 
to be his date at various events. And then he had to talk this woman into being his actual girlfriend. And she's kind of like, oh, wait. Oh, I'm done now. Is that true? Oh, I, so I missed that part. Now that's not his girlfriend named Willow, is it? Yeah. Oh, is that how they got, cause she's super young compared to him and seems, oh, she's like an aspiring actress. Yeah, he bought her a play off yeah, Broadway that's right. because <laughs> to, to like, yeah, he financed it. It's like, okay, and it was apparently terrible and it ran two nights or whatever. So he's cookie <laughs> and the thing, their writing is very good. Wow. One time he's at an event and Connor said to a woman, you, I have a house in Connecticut with unlimited water underneath the property. Like they're <laughs> right. It's like the, he's going into the future of the, you know, dry, dry, dry for the climate change. So just stuff like that. They're he's sneaky, nasty. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's unbelievably, he's running for president too. Right. And I mean, the guy's just, he's clueless and he seems to have one platform, which is cut taxes, right? That's like, that's it. Um, yeah, you know what I, one of the things I love about the show um, is the language. There is so much profanity, so much swearing, the threats, the insults. I mean, it's like Shakespearean epic level. And it's just unbelievable, the insults. Um, even like Siobhan, you know, she will insult her brothers and talk about their dicks. And I mean, it's just like, oh my God, it's so great. They're so insulting. Um, another thing I really like about this show is I think the acting is off the charts. Um, and I mean, especially certain actors like whoever plays Kendall. And I haven't, I haven't figured out any of the actors. He, he won yet. an Emmy. He did. Yeah. His face. He can show like 20 different emotions on his face and never have a line of dialogue. It's just, you see it, his feelings wash over his face. And Siobhan is sort of like that. Um, you know, like some actors seem to have maybe two or three expressions and that's it. I mean, these people can cycle through so many different ones. It's, it's really, really impressive. Um, let's see. Oh, I wanted to say also another thing I love about them. Okay, like my husband refused to watch the show because he doesn't like anyone in it. They're all so odious. But I love how awful they are. It's just like, it's kind of like suspenseful, like how low will they go? And especially since they're family, you're like, oh my God, is the father, the father is the worst. He will play everyone off of everyone else. He is totally disloyal. He is untrustworthy. And I mean, he uses his own children as pawns against each other. I mean, for some reason, he, he's so manipulative and he kind of reminds me of Trump in the sense that Trump has all these people who are loyal to him. And you wonder why, because it seems very obvious that he cannot be trusted. And I feel like the dad, Logan, is like that. I mean, he promises Kendall he's going to be taking over. Then Trump changes his mind. Then he tells Siobhan, you're the one, Siobhan. I've decided you're going to be this new CEO. 
then nope pulls the rug out underneath her he just keeps spinning and is so untrustworthy and so you know, I know. And it it causes them to just keep um, seeking his affection, even though they kind of hate him. But they're exactly. like trying to be in his good graces so that they could be uh, inherit um, the you know president CEO role. And yes, um, Kendall, even in the was it the first or the second season, he he makes a coup to take over. Oh yes, that's right. And um, and it it doesn't happen because his dad is ruthless and will shoot him down anytime. So even though you think, oh, Kendall knows he's almost there, he's gonna he's gonna fake his dad out and win. No, no, um, poor man. No, Kendall keeps coming back for more big time. And you're right, he keeps staging these efforts to um, yeah, overthrow his dad. I mean, it's like a royal drama where the dad is the king. Right. And all the people who are trying to figure out who's going to succeed him and be the next king. Um, and yeah, Kendall tries to overthrow his dad. He try, he allies with um, Stewie, who's a private equity guy, and Sir Somebody or other, who's another media person. Right. And they the he makes the, some deal with them. Yeah. And the one in the wheelchair, but his daughter, Sandy, speaks for him. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't work out. And then, oh my God, at the end of season two, um, all, all this stuff about uh, some stuff that happened in the cruise division comes out, right? Which is about a bunch of people who worked in the cruises were sexually abused. Um, they, some people were raped. Somebody was thrown overboard and not, you know, and they kept going, like all this stuff pops out. And it's clear that somebody's got to be, um, somebody's got to take the fall for this. And the dad basically wants Kendall to do it. And so this means like he's going to go to jail. And Kendall then says he will. And there's a big press conference where he's supposed to acknowledge that um, he was aware of these things, that they didn't do anything about it. He takes the blame, blah, blah. But instead, he starts dissing his father and describing what an awful person his father is. And everybody is just like freaking out because once again, Kendall's trying to kill his dad, right? And so then that's the end of season two. Um, so yeah, Kendall, I think he's the most interesting of the siblings. Um, partially because he he has more of a narrative arc you know he he's um what is he like maybe three years he's been clean he was in, he was involved in some drugs i think cocaine i forget he got hooked on something and so he's in recovery he's uh divorced or separated from his wife separated i guess with two kids and i think they got separated because of his drug use apparently he's like dried out and um then in season two, there's some incident, which I honestly, I can't remember where he's driving a car. Where is he? Is over in the UK. Yeah. Someone else in the car and they go off the bridge into the water, question mark. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is a little bit like Chappaquiddick and Ted Kennedy, you know, that whole thing. And his dad fixes it, right? His dad and fixes it. 
And so it's just a non-issue. I always wonder if that's going to come back and bite them in his ass I somehow. I do too. I do too. It's kind of like, um, one thing I thought about it is like his two siblings, Siobhan and Roman, they think this means that they're, that Kendall is, well, they don't know that this has happened, but they do know that Kendall has fallen into a slump and they call him dead man walking. He's completely like um, just evaporated almost. And they think that he's on the outs with their dad and that therefore they, um, that he's, he's, not a, he's not a player anymore. But the dad keeps very close to Kendall. He, he's still very concerned about him. You know, he's rescued him. And it occurred to me later that it's because Kendall is now a pawn that he owns. Like he's in control of Kendall because he's bailed him out of this situation in the UK. So now his dad owns him. Um, and I noticed this, this came to my mind because there was this one episode in season two where there was like a live shooter at the headquarters and everybody was taken to a safe room and people were taken to different safe rooms in the building by security. And the only person that the dad, Logan, asks about is Kendall. Where is Kendall? Is Kendall safe? Doesn't ask about anybody else. He doesn't ask about Jerry, his general counsel, his two, his CFO guys, only Kendall. And I was thinking that is very strange because that seemed to me that he, I thought it meant because he was a, somehow, um, committed to Kendall, that Kendall was actually the next, going to be the next CEO. Um, but then I thought, no, it means because he is keeping Kendall close so he can sacrifice him at some point in the future, which he does at the end of season two, when he sends him off to take blame for this, all these sexual abuses that have occurred. But Kendall does not go quietly. He does not. Um, so I, I'm still wondering if Kendall is somehow subject to prosecution in the UK for that, uh, the thing with the car accident. Um, you would think that it would make him vulnerable and that his dad would be able to still control him because only his dad and his dad's security guy know what happened. That's right. Right. Um, so it seems like Kendall, I was surprised that Kendall would turn on his dad uh, like that, because it just seemed to me he was vulnerable. So I don't actually understand that part yet. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Another thing that I really enjoy about the show is I love watching these billionaires who supposedly are running this major um, publicly traded company behave like total children, right? Especially like the siblings. I mean, they get into like physical fights and roll around on the ground. <laughs> And I mean, they're adults, uh, you would think, right? So I just, I love the way that all the sibling rivalry um, still comes out. And uh, even though they're supposedly making their own way in the world and being adults. They're, not. Got, they're the they're most not. immature people. They're awful. They are. Like, would you want to be a shareholder in this company? <laughs> Absolutely not, right? I mean, they're just, they're just so awful. 
but I do think that 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 confluence of like the family drama plus the business drama is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I find it intriguing to sort of look behind and see what's actually going on um, with their decision making. And it's funny because like at one point, Kendall is trying to get his dad to go for some kind of job, some kind of um, acquisition or some investment or something. And he, Kendall says to his dad, it's not about who has the biggest dick. And his father's like, Kendall, yeah, sometimes business is about who has the biggest dick, right? And you're like, to me, that totally makes sense. I mean, I think like these super billionaire people, um, whether it's Mr. Tesla or Bezos, these guys, they want to have the biggest yacht. And if some other billionaire gets one bigger, then they have to buy a bigger, they have to be the bigger airplane, right? It's so like male testosterone and immature, really infantile in its way. Um, okay, let's see, what else was I gonna say? Oh, there's another one that I really love. There's a whole, se there's a whole series of episodes where the Pierce family, which they seem like the kind of people, like they're the people who own the New York Times and it, their family has owned it for you know many generations. They take their responsibility to be journalistic um, integrity. They take it seriously, but they need to be bailed out. And for some reason, Logan's company wants to buy them. So, but before this can proceed, the two families get together to get to know each other out at this like really nice place I forget what it's called, but it seems like it's in Maine or Connecticut or something that the Pierce family owns. And uh, it's like the when the when Roy, the Roy family shows up, they're like the barbarians. I mean, they're so so crude. And uh, this other family, you know, they like pursue um, well. Well, they're inherited wealth, right? They're clearly multi generational wealth. Whereas Logan Roy and his family, he made all this money. He started with nothing, right? And so they're pretty barbaric compared to these other, this other family, the Pierce family, where like one of them is explaining that he's getting his second PhD from Harvard and how when you get the second PhD, they make you do the dissertation in five years and how tough that is. <laughs> this is like so alien to these other um these other people who, you know, obviously don't spend any time at all in intellectual things. So I, I love the weekend that they spend together where um, Kendall, who's supposedly in re recovery, he ends up getting drunk and doing cocaine with one of the cousins who's flown in from Marin. <laughs> yeah, and then they're kind of dating for a bit. She showed up in yes. the season um, and they were doing something together. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, she was suitable to him, except for maybe the cocaine part, because that made him uh, fall <laughs> off his wagon. And then didn't they play like paintball out there or something, or they were oh, hunting? They were playing softball. Yeah, I mean, like they get taken out in helicopters to some place. I don't know, I assume it's their property where there's a softball thing set up. And they've just had this big lunch and they're dressed for New York City you know, beautiful woolens and it's like winter, right? 
And they go out there on this nasty field and they're playing softball, um, which is some family tradition, I guess. And there's this, there's this scene where Roman, who's the young one, who's just really an asshole, um, he gets, there's some kid standing there with his parents. I assume they kind of work on the property. He wants the kid to come in and bat because somebody had to leave. And he says to the kid, he walks over and he gets out his checkbook and he goes, if you hit a home run, I will give you a million dollars. And he writes the check out, right? And so then the kid comes up to bat. He kind of bunts, I think. And then he runs the bases and he makes it all the way to home plate, but he gets tagged out. And so then Roman goes over and he takes this check and he's like, oh, what a shame, you know, you got so close, better luck next time, blah, blah. And then he tears it into four pieces and he hands him one piece and goes, well, here's a quarter million dollars, right? And, and I just like, I was so disgusted. I wanted to slap him. I mean, that was just unbelievably unnecessarily cruel, right? He's very cruel. But you know who else is cruel is, um, is Siobhan's husband. Um, Tom. Tom is a nonsense maker. Um, and it, it is just by the grace of God still working because he's married to Siobhan. She doesn't even like him. She has having an affair with someone else, which recently broke up. But Tom is like the most annoying man. Uh-huh. Yeah, and but somehow manages to stay in it and they put him wherever they need him. They're like, oh, we need you in cruises and send him uh -huh. over there. And he treats Greg, Greg the cousin, the cousin, the cousin. like garbage. Mm -hmm. He's very mean to him. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, Tom's going to make me crazy. And uh, Tom, yeah, Tom is, a, he's, first of all, he's a doofus, except he's, he's, he's uh, kind of clever in a way. At the beginning of the show, he's not even married there. I mean, to Siobhan. He, he, he proposes to her when her dad's um, in a coma <laughs> to cheer her up, right? And the whole time I didn't, I still don't understand why she marries Tom at all. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a loser. He doesn't, he doesn't come from money. Um, he said at some point he says, I'm just some farm boy from Minnesota, but I, I, the only yeah, thing no, I can she, think of he, he can't be any value to her so it's strange that they're married and she's very mean to him so on yeah. all those levels like okay what's what's that about yeah I mean like they put him in charge of cruises when this genial fellow named Bill is retiring and Bill's last thing out the door before he leaves is he calls Tom into the, the office and basically tells him he goes okay there's this one thing that's going on at cruises. And it has to do with all these sexual assaults. Um, a prior employee who has died, Lester, apparently used to get um, aspiring gals who were working on the cruise ship. They had to give them a blow job in order to keep their job and get a contract next time. Now, Lester, had, he dies at some point and there's the, and apparently everybody in the company has always referred to him as Mo because Mo Lester. It's like it's an open secret that the guy mm. is doing this. And um at one point, so they at the at the <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but at at Lester's um funeral, Willow and Connor say hello to the 
the grieving widow and Willow says, I'm so sorry about Mo, you must miss him terribly. And, and the widow just looks really confused and they walk away and Connor says, why did you call him Mo? And she said, well, that's because that's what everyone, you all called him Mo. And he's like, yeah, but not to the widow's face, right? It was so hilarious. But so that was the guy who was in charge of, who did all the bad stuff at Cruises, but he's dead. So he's, he can't be blamed. Bill's retired. And Bill's last step at leaving the company is to tell Tom about kind of like, here's where it is, here's what it is. And he's, he's so cagey about it. He won't email Tom the details. He, has, he types up an open word file which has all this info in it with like um, numbers of files that are in storage and he prints it out for Tom and then he deletes the word file. And it's kind of like, he's kind of like, this is where the bodies are buried. You know, you can dig in if you want, but you know, and Tom realizes like, oh shit, I have just been put in charge of cruises and there's this giant scandal and it could blow up and at any time, and he's in this terrible bind where he doesn't, he can't confess, he can't talk to anybody about it. Because if he does, then they too will be on the hook if it ever comes out, like you knew about it, you didn't fix it. And so he calls cousin Greg in, who is just hanging on doing nothing in particular. And he confides in Greg of all people. But now like, he now the two of them are kind of allied in a way, but I decided, Tom's at the bottom of the pecking order. And so the reason he sort of takes um, cousin Greg under his wings is because then he has somebody to abuse below him, you know, like yeah. somebody he can control because everybody else is controlling Tom and right. setting him up. Tom did it the very first show. He sent Greg off on Thanksgiving day to make photocopies in um, the file room, which is what those files were in the first place. That was, ah. the, and he was holding on to them. And then that, that inter, uh, you know, laced into the story. Yeah. Everyone's mean to him. Plus Greg's grandfather is Logan's brother from Canada. Right. Um, right. Obviously they're both from Scotland, but they, um, but he lives in Canada and he's so crabby and he hates his brother's guts and um, is always, uh, he, he shows up because I, he's a shareholder and he has, you know, some kind of decision making to do. Plus that actor was the farmer yes. in Babe, among oh, other yeah. things. Yeah, that among actor, other things. Yeah. I, reallocate, I recognized him from, um, what is it, LA Story? Remember there was like a, a corrupt cop who, was it LA Story? Oh, I think that was it. But I mean, I've seen him in other things. He was also along the way. he was also dating the mom in Six Feet Under. After I don't know oh. if anyone saw that. Yeah. Okay. After because she was a widow, and then he he dated her, and that was weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, just to go back to Tom a second. Another thing that about Siobhan that just really got me, there's this one scene where um, her dad's called her into the library to tell her that he's chosen her to be the CEO. And Tom thinks she's in there negotiating for Tom, you know, cause he kind of wants to get up higher in the organization and everything. And uh, she's telling her dad her um, idea for where the company should go in the future. 
And what they should do right away is they should get rid of ATN, which is their flagship news thing. His news, news is history. Um, TV news, no one cares anymore, blah, blah. That's not where the future is. And, um, but that's where she su suggests that they put her husband, Tom, right? So like, it's like, well, let's just throw him under the bus. And like, the, you're right. They move him always to whatever division is floundering, going to get sold off, um, has some deep shit problems. Yeah. Yeah. But that, by that point, they're already, they think they're already married. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because they, they came back early from their honeymoon. They were off in the Mediterranean on the yacht when all this stuff came, went down where Kendall has publicly denounced his father and uh, is doing something to try to get control of the company. So they come back, they cut their, they cut their honeymoon short and they both, there's this funny scene where they're both looking at each other like, well, do you think we should go back? No, 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 we wouldn't want to cut our honeymoon short. Well, or would we? You know, and it's clear they both want to because honestly, they don't really give a shit about their honeymoon. <laughs> so yeah, they're pretty awful. Oh, now let's discuss Marsha. Let's take Hold a on. break. Let's take a break. We can we can talk about we can talk about this uh, show for a lot longer, so we'll have to do it in a different show. I just wanted to end with, um, since we were talking about Tom, Tom is possibly going to take the hit uh, for the whole family being fucked up over the cruise line um, mess. So he, they're saying they're going to sacrifice him and make him go to jail, and he keeps telling Siobhan that he can't drink toilet wine. Apparently, like, you can that's what prisoners are doing. You can like piss in it or something and make wine. That does not sound good. And, um, and you know, all that stuff, like, you know, they're all worried about, you know, sodomy. That's not a good thing. So <laughs> great discussion. Oh, well, yeah. honestly, I've saw, I apologize for being so ranting and cause I really, I could definitely talk about it for twice as long as we did, but I think this is plenty. I just hope <laughs> anybody who hasn't watched it yet will do it and anybody who has been watching it um i hope that they will go comment on our facebook page and join in the discussion yeah and also um they can leave us a message and write us and i think yes. our email is stfupodcast at gmail.com no i don't think it is i know it is mm -hmm.